Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Bilal from Southampton, and you're listening to Dane Baptiste Questions Everything. My question is, with the ongoing focus on Qatar on its human rights records, Looking forward to the next World Cup in 2026 and in Americas, in particular the USA, would it be just and fair to also hold the USA to account for its history of black slavery and the eradication of the Native Americans? Thanks. Hello everybody and welcome to Dane Baptiste Questions Everything, a podcast where myself, comedian, writer and occasional actor Dane Baptiste, my producer friend Howard Cohen, aka The Hizzer, Hello! And a mix of special guests pose the questions that need to be asked. And we are talking everything from... Everything from Bilal's question. With the ongoing focus on Qatar and its human rights record, looking forward to the next World Cup in 2026 in the Americas, uh, particularly the US, would it be just unfair to hold the USA to account for its history of black slavery and the eradication of the Native Americans... Keep it light at the beginning of the show, Bilal. Thank you very much. Thanks, Bilal, and a happy World Cup to you. But it's a very good question, though. Uh, I'd say, I guess the short answer is, would it be just unfair? Uh, it wouldn't be unfair. It's just highly unlikely. Yeah, which country are you going to go that won't have a some form of despicable history? I mean, America. I mean, we don't know about America's history before uh, the, uh, the manifestation of destiny by Columbus, but... I would say it'd be uh, it would probably be just more than it would be unfair, but I think it's highly unlikely. You know, if you've got a nation that is basically has one of the largest uh, defense budgets on the planet and one of the biggest arsenals on the planet, uh, it's very clear that they're not up for discussions. Yeah. So yeah. Well, suffice to say, on this podcast, we ask and answer all the questions, even Bilal's one there that is somewhat uh, you know upsetting, but you know, good <laughs> in its own right. It's a great, I think it's a great question, and uh, we welcome any question like it, however light or dark or however accusatory or uh, inquisitive. So if you do like the show, please rate and review it on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts from, and you'll never miss an episode. So you can hear all of the very special questions being asked and answered by our very special guests. With that being said, on today's show is a vegan duo from Sheffield. They are famously known for taking social media by storm with their ease-to-follow vegan recipes, and that they can be found on your TV with their books and products in your local supermarkets. One of them is a creative marketeer, and the other one is a home talk cook who could ever combine and make Ian and Henry, a.k.a. Bosch. Hey, thanks for having us. Good to be here. Yeah, Welcome. Well, thank you. I hope I covered everything in uh, the uh, introductory bio as the innovators and pioneers and alchemists of plant-based culinary perfection. What do you have for breakfast? I love that. that, that what do for right? breakfast? It's currently two o'clock in the afternoon and I've eaten nothing. <laughs> so you, your energy levels on this is going to be okay? Or? Yeah, I think I'm good, actually. Okay, I, I, cool. You might hear the occasional stomach rumble. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I think... I, I basically don't eat breakfast very often right, now right, because right. I find that um, intermittent fasting is good. It sort of keeps your... I mean, it's true, Tuesday true. in the it's afternoon, you know. Yeah. It's kind of quite an it intense quite period of breakfast, isn't it? Yeah. 
it's not the perfect st- start as an advert for veganism, is it? Just no. don't eat. But Instead. listen, I'm going to make up with my dinner. My dinner's going to be okay. really like tasty. You need to have a big right. dinner, mate. Yeah, you got that yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. What's for I dinner? ate, though. What's I for dinner? What are we having? Someone else ate. What what's going to be for dinner tonight? Well, I mean, I, I feel think... bad talking about dinner. I don't want you to have to start picturing food when you're no, in no, the midst of the fasting. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's his decision. Happens. I know what it's going to be today. I'm going to make. Actually, I'm making a homemade leek and potato soup because I went to the supermarket Sunday, mm. bought a bunch of veggies. I know that I've got three leeks. I know they've got a bag of potatoes, so I'm going to rustle up that and hopefully going to get some crusty bread. But I might have to get that off Deliveroo or something because I haven't got any in the house. Oof. Haven't <laughs> you got a shop just around the corner you can walk to? Yeah, it's about ten minutes away, isn't it? nightmare <laughs> 10 minutes on an empty stomach too so. <laughs> you know what better be question there. Bilal is soup, is soup enough for a dinner uh, definitely big, not absolutely uh, not even fun. if it's got potatoes yeah. in it still yeah. not enough but then if you've got the bread mm. you're adding a little bit of bulk see I made bread. chicken soup obviously you guys won't be doing yep. that uh, last night particularly to ward off you know illness at this mm. time of year and uh, me and my mum and my wife had it uh, for dinner and then a couple of hours later hunger in it a lot of hunger. It's yeah. not soup enough. I've seen the size of the bowls that you were giving out. But it's it's got noodles in it, so it's a substantial bowl of soup. But you're still still fifty percent liquid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fair enough. I uh, mean, it depends how dehydrated you are. At first, when you said chicken soup, I was thinking chicken like it was actually soup made for a chicken. But then I started thinking, <laughs> is there some kind of like feed or stew you could like? Wouldn't it be nice if there was like, if oxtail soup was actually made for oxen? Mm. So, mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you flipped it on its head and yeah, then it's like, getting fed that lovely chicken food. soup, which was for actually for chickens, so just yeah. a combination of like healthy corn feeds of chickens outside KFC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. it would waiting be a, to eat. It would be corn soup. Corn, yeah, corn yeah, soup. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess more of a puree if it's mainly yeah, yeah. corn and some other nutrients as well and water. Yeah, not so. to be a killjoy, but probably it's time for a question, isn't it, Dane? As the uh, format of this show dictates, because God knows where that was going. <laughs> uh, I mean, we're probably going to continue to thread anyway. But as our very esteemed guest, we'd like to invite you to ask the first question, which can be any question you'd like, which we'd like to discuss for about fifteen minutes. Then uh, Howard, my producer friend, would like to pose a question to you guys, which we'd like to discuss for the same amount of time. And then for your third and final course, I'd like to pose a question to you guys. Uh, which I would love to discuss with you for a bit. And then we would love for you to tell our listeners and viewers where they can find out more about your good works, past, present and future. How does that sound? Sounds great. Yeah, man. Sounds great. Good stuff. So the floor is yours, guys, to ask the first question. Should we be allowed to eat vegan meat? Please inform us uh, using your mouth uh, and brain what uh, has inspired this question. So this is... uh, topic of hot debate on our channels whenever we post a video a recipe featuring vegan chicken vegan steak vegan burgers which we do all the time like a load of vegan mints right i bet the mints yeah, vegan mints. all the time right? there's even vegan fish now vegan prawns which right. we would also classify as vegan meat whenever we post one of those we get a litany of comments people are saying how dare you this is not meat is, from, is that from the vegan or carnivorous well community? it's from everywhere so so the debate goes between people saying this isn't meat vegans shouldn't be pretending to eat meat some other people post pictures of bacon then you get vegans coming in saying why do you have to make everything taste like meat and then you get our answer which is essentially we liked the taste of meat we don't eat it anymore but why shouldn't we eat things that taste like it there's mm. no reason that we shouldn't be allowed to mm. but it's a topic of hot debate so we thought it would be perfect to discuss here today right. I mean you know obviously a lot of those people you know just to be honest need to get a fucking life yeah uh, that would be my you know my because well, you, you can do what you want like of all the problems in the world you guys and your, your soy 
your ground soy mints or whatever. Mm. I mean, look, there's a lot of good vegan mints, a lot, a lot of good veggie mints around. I'm very concerned mm. about how problematic you're. You guys, <laughs> your meats. We, <laughs> sh- we have to share the planet with these yeah, people, no, Howard, I'm, okay? Look, look, I'm literally, I'm going home to a vegan chili tonight. Nice. So, like, uh, good man. apart from the stock cube. Uh, yeah. but, uh, I haven't got nothing against you guys. I've got yeah. vegan recipes at home. <laughs> <laughs> Some of my best recipes are vegan. Best, <laughs> yeah. no, the mince is like an. It, it, yeah. It's such an obvious thing because when you actually look at mince in whatever you put it in, generally it is morphed into something that's not on its own. Whereas you look at a piece of chicken, it is not more. It is turn, not turning into anything a lot of the time. Mm. So that's that's why. I, how can anyone have an issue with you guys making a a, a fake mince? dish i agree piers morgan didn't did he yeah that's so true yeah we went on um what was it gmb and we were basically oh, yeah. debating whether or not plant-based sausages should be allowed to be called plant-based sausages we were debating on national mm. television with piers morgan whether or not they should be tubes or sausages <laughs> and our answer was obviously i think sausages is probably fine i think that people will probably be able to what's, asset- the, et- what's the etymology of the word sausage well exactly it's kind of a shape isn't it yeah. it has obviously historically been used to talk about meat sausages but there's also the glamorgan sausage which is like a vegetable sausage um and veggie sausages are nothing new it's not like they popped up in the last five years well the word so the word doesn't necessarily pertain to meat does it no like and i suppose even with any cut of meat is more about the cut or the shape of it as opposed to like you get pork medallions and you know get so it's really about the shape of it rather than what is the contents are yeah and also you know what you can't stop language change (laughs) you can't stop language it's just what people say and as much as we try to control it and some people would like people not to say certain things really people People will do what they want to do and they'll say what they want to and, say. And also until they find another word for it. Like, you know, that's that's all it is as well. I, mm. I, I think that uh, it's, um you know, it sounds like people are saying that there's either like some kind of duplicity happening with you guys using meat substitutes mm. or like some kind of lack of transparency. Whereas I think if people had the transparency they wanted for actual meat based products, they would probably be less inclined to eat like sausages and burgers because like, you know, there's rump steak, but you eat a beef sausage. You could definitely be eating a, a cow's anus. <laughs> mm. The likelihood is yeah. it probably will be because I think yeah. sausages and mincemeat is likely, I don't know for sure, but I would guess that that you'd save the good cuts of meat for the cuts of meat yeah, and the yeah. bits where it's just mulched up into a different shape. That is probably going to be the off cuts that didn't make it into yeah. your fine, you know, T-bone steaks or chicken mass breasts. production stuff, right? I mean, you know. Yeah, yeah. intensive yeah. farming, especially, yeah. and you know, especially how used to we are in the West to being able to consume meat on a daily basis because the time, not that long ago, probably a generation ago, the availability of fish, for example, was a rarity to the point like up, up north like people I used to, like, people used to have what's called like chips you know chip, well, you're from Sheffield so you know like chips and bits absolutely mm-hmm. yeah, yeah yeah. so people have chips and bits because it's like or I guess it's the equivalent of like uh, drippings basically from mm. the fish and the batter because having fish wasn't always that easy but now you can farm fish so you mm. get like farm salmon and stuff like that and then that gets treated so it still looks like has the appearance of wild salmon and uh, yeah that shit is a uh, also kind of weird as well but i just think a lot of the time when people eat sausages i personally i say to people like ham i don't know if ham stands for how many fucking pigs went into this shit (laughs) (laughs) you guys laugh because you're vegans whereas most Uh, omnivorous people go i don't get it and i think you don't get it and that's the problem is that you are basically eating mechanically recovered pig armpit and pussy and that's all being put into a nice slurry that's right Howard I said pug pussy because that's what's in sausages listen Mm -hmm. I can tell you despite its phallic shape there's probably a few pig pussies in there whilst I'm not in the echelons of uh, vegan society uh because I eat meat, mm. uh, I I have uh, been refusing to buy my meat anywhere other than the local butcher. I have because 
I know exactly where he gets his stuff from, mm-hmm. and I ain't got no pig pussy in my meat, mate. <laughs> I'm telling you now. Would you would you say as you're obviously like a conscious consumer? Would you say over the course of the past five years you have drastically reduced the amount of meat that you do eat? Yeah, m- largely for yeah. So that, that comes hand in hand with another thing, which is milk. Mm. Uh, but I'll, I'll, we can move back to that. But like, uh, I just think there's two very clear demographics of meat because meat's in demographics day and I don't know if anyone oh definitely Uh, um, but um, but sausages and mints Mm -hmm. are two that I you know I would think you could probably for the rest of your days eat those dishes and never really turn around and go actually sorry and burgers well no I love the taste of a real burger Mm -hmm. the taste of the fake burgers are now at such a high standard mm-hmm you really well, have about, no... I mean, luncheon meat as well. well I mean, we'll, we could discuss I don't the meat as well. buy much fake luncheon but yeah, meat. But yeah, I, 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 guess, <laughs> I guess the um, the whole ritual you guys receive for like these kind of meat substitutes and stuff like that as well is that unfortunately, uh, as I'm sure you're aware, veganism, as well as being obviously a dietary choice, I think a lot of people see it as more of an ideology and a lifestyle. And so by that token, with most people within the West and the comparative lifestyles that we have, people tend to derive self-esteem or esteem and superiority from said lifestyle so it's kind of like when people are like well i uh, my dog is a rescuer and, blah, blah, blah. and it's like yeah but for all yeah. the what about all the rest of them you left in the pound that are definitely going to be euthanized so yeah it's very easy to feel better about it but you know in a same because like for example a lot of people that speak about like animal cruelty but then they have a pedigree bred dog like a french bulldog i'm like well clearly you don't give a fuck about the biodiversity of this particular species mm. and then i think i guess so I guess in terms of the, the vegan backlash couldn't be twofold because it will be some people think there's some kind of maybe more strict or fundamental form of the ideology you have to adhere to. And in the same with any kind of religion, some people are quite moderate mm-hmm. and some people can be very hardline. And then unless it's like, it's got to just be plant based and you better off having a fucking honey eater because yeah, bees yeah, have to yeah, make yeah, that stuff. Yeah. And I'm sure you've heard it from like what, yeah. uh, fruitarians, but I guess it might be a much more extreme version of vegans. And then I guess you get f- for people are a bit more carnivorous. The, I guess there's an element of an inferiority complex that comes from people who have had this routine or habitually have basically been eating meat to the point of it being habit more than anything else. And it's a, some, an inertia to move from something and move away from something and move from plant-based something because like it's like when people go, well, you know, Hitler was a vegetarian. Was he? I didn't know that. I, I knew Albert Einstein was, but I didn't no, know Hitler was. No one really knows it for sure. Yeah, we're it's not just, claiming him. Yeah, we, we, we don't it, want him on our list. It's a form no. of propaganda that people use, A, yeah, to yeah, justify yeah. anti-Semitism, mm. and B, to like be like, well, well all vegetarianism is good if it's yeah. about being conscious about the planet. So, yeah, I think it's a weird thing where I say it's down to the fact that, you know, food or I guess food consumption in the West is pretty much, we're very privileged compared to the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. And so by that token, we are able to stratify ourselves or kind of create hierarchy based on our, our diets. Yeah. Now, so and I, and I think that's probably why people are like, why well, are you guys eating meat substitutes? But I think, I guess, obviously mm-hmm. you guys understand that like, for lack of a better expression, an expression which I don't think you guys should use, going cold turkey yeah. is uh, <laughs> not very easy for a lot of people. So having these uh, kind of products Degrees. that allow from, you know, same way that, you know, some people can't go cold turkey with cigarettes, so they'll have the correct gum or mm-hmm. they'll have a vape and they can make their way towards winning themselves off the um, nicotine. There's probably a number of uh, particularly preservatives and uh, addictive substances within meat which are, and, and like I said, cultural and lifestyle kind of influences mm. that make it very hard for people to begin to grab, make that transition. So I think that's probably why is that people feel maybe, yeah, there's a weird hierarchy that's associated with veganism that people feel opposed to you guys trying to bridge that gap. But yeah. Let me ask you one question about mm. what you said, which is all those people, you ever, anyone ever said that to you in real life? 
Yes. Oh, right. You have yes, we have do get that in real life. It's it's interesting because um, I do think you're completely right. It's kind of like the word vegan is such a polarizing word, mm. and historically, when we started eating this way, it was super polarizing, and it basically meant let's have an argument. It's, it's, it's any time anyone it's said that with word, kind of liberal belief is the same time. Yeah. Nowadays, it's like how they've been able to make feminism like a dirty word exactly mm, but so. i think i think now really what's been great in the last five years or so is it has been something that you can dip your toe into and it yeah. is more of a kind of soft adjective describing a meal mm. or a dish mm. or an ingredient rather than an ideology so we're almost trying to move away from capital v vegan mm. which you know by has its roots in you know good things mm -hmm. ethics and uh kind of uh compassion for all beings is not a bad thing to aim at but it is also challenging in today's day and age oh, yeah. and actually if, it's a lot easier if we can all just have the conversation about a single descriptor about a meal mm -hmm. which doesn't contain animals yeah. and almost let everyone place themselves on that spectrum wherever they want to be without an argument yeah well this leads to my question in today's show which is kind of uh you know not to be uh, a dick but as, as vegans why do you guys never talk about it yeah uh, no i mean obviously yeah i mean obviously we are literally here doing yeah, just yeah, yeah, that yeah, yeah. No, no, but i'm obviously using that as a joke to say look you know the the, the thing that's clearly the problem mm. uh because i have no issue with what you guys are doing clearly um because uh, otherwise I'd just be slightly mental, I'd say, if I did. But they're, they're, <laughs> these fucking people eating plants. But it, there's a PR problem. There's a big PR problem but, uh, but, in the history yeah. of vegan. And I'm not saying yeah. you guys are responsible for that in any capacity necessarily. But th there is a kind of PR issue in regard to, uh, you know, I suppose what what, it, what it, people we take on board. On I, I, and I just wanted to say how it mm. as well is that because before you guys, you have a better answer than I do. But I think because I've seen, uh, I guess, in stand up. When you do stand-up comedy, I think a lot of uh, cultural trends, uh, you get to hear a lot of narratives about them on stage um, before they become a part of maybe mainstream or popular culture. Mm -hmm. And I think through hearing through different vegans and people opining on veganism, that I I have been able to discern that there are veganism and there's what I call e-veganism, which is kind of yeah, like yeah. being like an evangelist. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like the people are like, there's people like I believe in God, and then there are people like I was saved, and you can be saved too. And I think there are there are there is a uh, glut of vegans or people that have changed to a plant based diet who have that kind of performative veganism. Mm. And part of the movement, like I said, is there is part of the ideology is that that their dietary has opened up, their dietary choices have opened them up to a uh, whole new social movement. Mm. And I think because of that, like I said, people. In all forms, people, uh, we have identity politics and people tend to derive self-esteem or mm. try to couple. And also people use that as uh, to oppose in opposition to other groups. Yeah. So I think, yeah, one of the reasons why is because, and like you said, because I think a large amount of the uh, drive for veganism is, stems from what's supposed to be quite an altruistic ideal. Mm -hmm. That kind of is where the uh, explicit uh, yeah. or the, uh, the uh, performative vegan uh, narratives come from where people are like well I'm doing my part to reduce mm. my carbon footprint by just eating vegetables what are you doing yeah and so yeah. how do you guys manage that bit of this <clears throat> life that you've and what would you say to people who go around doing shit like that um, people like saffron not really saffron <laughs> you're cool uh, evangelical <laughs> vegans yeah, I, I, evangelical I, vegans I, yeah 
understand why people are so vocal about why they go vegan mm-hmm. because um, essentially most people go vegan in fact all people who go vegan weren't vegan before they mm. went vegan mm. uh, so before they've just been eating kind of like a regular diet um, probably didn't do any research about veganism didn't do any research about animal agriculture and the effects it has on the planet so when they um, you know watch cowspiracy for instance or watch earthlings or like or or seaspiracy or seaspiracy it's kind of like this light bulb moment and and they're like oh my goodness gracious like and there's probably a lot of resentment for the fact that a lot of people have been suggested what a balanced diet is how flawed that is Mm -hmm. because you know I'd I'd look at the uh, triangle of the food groups and yeah. yeah, milk would be there, and I'd be like, "No, no, no, no. yeah, you shouldn't. <laughs> Not for me." For it. So, yeah, I think you know, people um, they go vegan, they feel great because they've lost loads of weight really, mm. really quickly. They've got bags full of energy, their skin's cleared up, the hair's got thicker. Um, they know that what they're doing is better for the planet. They know that what they're doing is better, obviously, for ethical reasons as well. Mm. And uh, I feel as if it's just like something that they want to shout about and they want to talk about and that's why they are quite vocal and I hold my hands up straight away and say I was exactly the same for the first six months nine months even a year Mm -hmm. but after a while you know the excitement can't like it settles and then you realise that I'm just pissing everyone off by talking about this stuff (laughs) so the best thing for me to do is to if I want to pursue kind of activism I'll do it differently Mm -hmm. like I'll cook a meal for somebody or I'll Mm -hmm. start posting my dinner without like a a, a big vegan pro-vegan slogan on on my social media or indeed you'll set up a, a, a channel like we did but you, there you go right now because you've made it your business mm. so i yeah. think i think that's the reason people struggle with the general populace of of the vegan community is it's obviously not everyone's business right mm. and yet yeah. some of them make it their business to go well actually i just had a really lovely vegan meal and i, I want to tell everyone about it and it's like but that, i suppose i can understand like you say why people feel they want to it's completely logical mm. why they want to do that because they basically feel like they found a new religion exactly. yeah and that's it that's yep. it and i was that's why i would just the base juxtaposition to use is that imagine what it was like when people started discovering christianity mm. it's like meeting a, it's like meeting an american person it's like it's like when you meet Ameri- <laughs> someone from the bible belt and you say how yeah. do you feel about jesus christ our lord and savior like you can imagine the kind of tarry they're going to go on and i, I and it's a, it's a i think it's a, a it's a strange thing to see people be like uh, in evangelical vegans because obviously veganism has existed with various names hmm. depending on culture so within a black community Ital food is vegan yeah, of course yes. and everyone's kind of known about it and there was never but no there was never a kind of a suggestion that you were in fear if you didn't observe it although I mean if you were to con- to consult the Rastafarian community then they would you know be able to elaborate on as to why an Ital diet is important hmm. or within a East Asian culture, you have uh, Jainism. Of course, or hi- I've been to Hindu weddings and like all of the pla- the yeah. when you, and you're, during the wedding, everything is vegan as well. Yeah. And I think for some Jainists, they're even more strict. Like I said, they won't consume any product that involves animal labor, like honey mm-hmm. uh, or uh, I guess yeah, anything involving like the pollination process. And then you have, I guess, you have what's called like fruitarians as well. Mm. People who will strictly only have like Steve yeah. Jobs. I'm pretty sure he was a fruitarian. Yeah, that's right. right. Yeah. Fruit and nuts. I was just giggling because uh, there's a thing. I don't know if it's just an, um, a myth, but there is windfall veganism. Yeah, 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 yeah. When you only eat stuff that's fallen on the floor from the tree. Oh, you're not allowed to pluck, 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 <laughs> yeah. oh, you're not to pluck off the plants. Yeah, yeah shit. I mean, but then someone, uh, my friend's dad said, if you're doing that, you might as well just go and sit in a dark room and kill yourself. <laughs> yeah. I tell you guys are from Sheffield. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's definitely the far end of the spectrum. Yeah. But I guess check thing, out that video on uh, yeah. Bosch.com. <laughs> <It's on Bosch.tv. laughs> 
the nice thing about where we are today is we've been doing this for seven years. As Ian says, we watched a film called Cowspiracy. That mm-hmm. talks about the link between what we eat and greenhouse gases. Mm-hmm. So we found out that vegetables were just better for the planet than mm-hmm. meat about seven years ago. That's when we went vegan. Only about three years ago did it become public knowledge that that was the case. And it was when David Attenborough said it on his show, Climate Change, The Facts. Before that, you would go to the kind of government conferences. There was no discussion about the link between what we eat and the climate. Mm. Obviously, there's things like lobbying going on and and also just like higher priorities for the government to talk about than this. Mm. It was also just not a very sexy or attractive so, so, topic so, to talk sorry about. Sorry to cut you, yeah. But you know, you said there's, you said there's priorities. Yes, um, is that your no? But is that your viewpoint? No, that is not my that's viewpoint. Yeah, that's their priority. Yeah, because I don't think yeah, it yeah, because, yeah. because I, I no, I, they obviously I, aren't. I know, I know, I know, I know. They act in that way. Yeah, but I think it's very interesting because obviously the I guess the rebuttal would be from you know pro meat lobbyists is that there's a lot of things the government needs to deal with. But you know, one of the fundamental things we understand about plants is that they photosynthesize, and we're dealing with an issue of a climatolo- of a climatological Absolutely. nature. Yeah, these are natural. There's one thing that would be able fixes. to reduce, yeah, to 100%. reduce carbon. Oh, that, oh, and and uh, we can get kind emissions. of we do get tied up in not around food systems and shipping food around the globe and avocados from south america and all of these kind of edge examples of Mm. plant-based food being uh not as good for the planet but actually it kind of stands to reason and it is backed by science that generally plants are better for greenhouse gas emissions than all things that involved an animal because you didn't have to rear an animal for years with with feed and all this stuff Mm. so it's amazing that david attenborough made it i mean plants are required to feed the feed the animals right exactly (laughs) exactly it just makes sense um so thank goodness david attenborough said it and now what's really nice is people are starting to eat more plants regardless of whether they're vegan or not vegan and you're just getting this kind of swathe of flexitarians who are dabbling and that's where change is going to happen because there's only a small percentage of people who actually eat vegan still it is growing Mm-hmm. But we need the flexies to eat more plants to really affect change. So yeah. once again, it's all about getting the centrists involved. Absolutely, <laughs> all about getting those centrists. How, how is the drive for that going? Like, is, is, is flexitarianism? Do you think things like you said, meat substitutes and mm-hmm. bacon and yeah. like uh, I think pe- pepperoni? I don't know all the names of the yeah. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> 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 flexitarian, reducitarian, climatarian mm-hmm. movements yes. uh, um, are, are all expanding getting bigger and i think the reason why they're getting bigger is because there's people out there who do consider them 100 percent vegan so they kind of stretch what's happening do you do you understand what i'm saying on one hand you've got like um the liver king who's eating nothing but raw meat so that yeah. wasn't a thing a couple of years ago yeah. and now that's the thing so like the boundaries have just been stretched and, uh, that way and, and then on the and, other and, side yeah, you've yeah. got just people eating like raw vegan and there's a lot of those people and they're yeah. flourishing on that diet and that's sort of expanding um kind of culture the other way so it's kind of it, it, it's easier for people to go that little bit further because people are setting the boundaries to one way or the other Mm-hmm. the other thing is just availability like we made our first yeah. book Bosch uh, six years ago we couldn't really put any meat alternatives in it mm. because there were none in the shops mm. other than a Linda McCartney sausage <laughs> other sausages are available <laughs> um, but we we every year when we put a new book out we can add more ingredients like burgers are now widely available mm. vegan chicken is now widely available there was a thing with jackfruit for a time mm. although it seems like jackfruit, jackfruit was a, had, a, had a big yeah, run for a while had yeah, yeah. Day, yeah. Like like mini disc and put a bit of mushrooms to be honest with you that's so true. Yeah, Port Bell, Port Bell, mushrooms had a big run. They had a big yeah, run yeah, as well. Yeah. Although they'll big. probably stay because they are actually good 
Whereas I think jackfruit yeah. is kind of fibrous, but it doesn't really it, taste It's good, anything. but to make a whole burger from it is yeah, a, it's a, bit much. It's a lot. It's yeah. a bit much. Jack yeah. shit fruit, it's, more like, right? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it, it, yeah it's, there's not much in the way of nutrients. But um, yeah. like the, the way that sort of plant-based meat is getting better, the technology is kind of just... It keeps on getting better, right? So we've just recently been cooking with a brand called Juicy Marbles. I don't mind saying that, saying the brand name. And it's 3D printed, right? Mm. So essentially what you have is kind of the, the raw substance that you make the meat from. Rather than turning it into one big lump of steak, you kind of you put it in a 3D printer. I'm a steak loaf. It, 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 it gives it fibres. It gives it like a fibre. So you pull it apart exactly like muscle fibre. And honestly, the texture of it is unbelievable. And that is um, what's happening now. Can you imagine what's going to be happening in 10 years' time? Mm. It's going to be I, I mean, know, exactly the same as regular meat. I mean... I'll probably, I'll probably, I want to, I'll come back to that on my question. Well, I was about to say, it's probably time to move to Dane's oh, question because I can feel we're edging into okay, the territory cool. of what you no, want No, because... We'll be back after this. Welcome back to the show. So, so my thing is that uh, I think you know, in theory, moving towards uh, technology, technological inf- innovations, being able to provide for this kind of thing. My real worry is about well, two things. I'm somewhat of a conspiracy theorist, so along my through go through several rabbit holes. A term I heard was something called Codex Alimentarius. Oh my goodness. Say that again, Never heard of that. Codex what? Alimentarius, yeah. which could make me sound like I need a tinfoil hat, and that's fine. <laughs> but it's basically about the use of the availability of food to control populations. Uh-huh. And food sca- and, and how, with the impending climatological and economic crises, one of the first symptoms of these grave humanitarian crises will be a reduction in the availability of food, the increasing of like um, drought and availability of water as well as having uh you know because obviously you to grow plants you need soil mm-hmm. or you and the availability of that soil or salinity of the soil affecting it and then the other thing being obviously that while human uh diets are innovating very quickly our evolution might not be happening at the same speed and as i'm sure you're aware because obviously health benefits and gut health is very much discussed alongside veganism one in is it one in two people have one form of cancer or another yeah, one in three, maybe. Maybe, yeah. yeah. And, and maybe some of those are, uh, a lot of them start off as being intestinal or pancreatic or bowel cancer because of people's consumption of meat and toxins kind of remaining within them. So you're, you're saying about like being able to maybe print a meat substitute mm. and how much we can innovate there. 
So I guess my question is, I'm trying to find a way to phrase it. Basically, you need money to eat. Yeah. Mm. Whether Whatever your diet is, mm. you, we, we've made food a commodity rather than a human right. With that in mind, how how successful do you think veganism can become when you juxtapose it with the current cost of living crisis or economic and climatological crisis? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. And one, that, one of the first questions we got asked when we started doing Bosch, talking in public. Um, in fact, uh, we were asked it by Jack Monroe, mm. who was a budget cook and columnist. And, you know, she said, uh, essentially, veganism is middle class. You know, you can't do that. And I think that's my thing yeah, as well. If you like, haven't got not, the money for not, it. Not so, much, not so much veganism is middle class, because like I said, we, we've seen different facets of it or yeah. having different names. But I think with the more uh, contemporary uh, vegan thing and like, Avocados is a good reference because obviously if you live in the UK, capitalism is involved at some point or the consumption of fossil fuels is informed to get avocados from Peru to your brunch place mm-hmm. in Finsbury Park every day. <laughs> or, you know, inevitably, if everyone now wants to have polenta or bulgur wheat, this drives up the price for farmers. Uh, you know, we say fair trade, but you won't see like, you know, farmers from the Ivory Coast or from Ghana sitting on the board of directors for Del Monte mm, yeah. so it's kind of like so how are you going to sort that out Bosch? right okay first of all we need to get elected don't we we need to become the prime ministers can you split or, or prime help, ministers or health minister we could be co-prime yeah. ministers yeah you could be co-prime ministers well. if, if one of us was prime minister who would it be you yes for definitely let's hope you say that sick it's worrying you you want the power um, <laughs> I think obviously it's an incredibly complex question and, and we do get asked this quite a lot um it's one of the more difficult ones to answer but it you can because we're talking about macro systems right we are talking about food systems on the whole uh we're talking about the difference in shipping food across the planet Mm -hmm. and what that means in terms of greenhouse gas emissions compared to the difference how much greenhouse gas gas emission is given off in the life of an animal Mm -hmm. so there's all these kind of big numbers that we could bandy around going back to first principles if you just study greenhouse gas emissions animals are at the top plants at the bottom mm-hmm. so we can say well if you are eating more plant-based products you're going to have a lower carbon footprint um if you are talking about shipping stuff ap- across the planet of course it's better to have local food like if you can find those vegetables near to you great not everything is grown in this country but when we look at uh, a cup of fuck, meat fuck, fuck all is grown in yeah the country, not a lot Brexit. we can't even get even if we grow it, we can't even pick it so. yeah but it, but actually this you know this will sound quite controversial but really shipping stuff on shipping containers is actually quite an efficient process uh, because they fit a lot on them Mm -hmm. and they go really slowly. Um, So actually, transport, if you take a cut of meat from the UK and you compare it to a cut of meat from Argentina, only about 5% of the greenhouse gas emissions of that cut of meat are from transport. So the locality of your meat is a very small part of the carbon footprint. Mm -hmm. So, So... Obviously, we can't solve the problem for how can the UK grow avocados. That's a much bigger question. But you can just have some kind of base truth, which is it's just a bit more sustainable to have stuff like that's plants. And food shipping is not such an issue. Mm-hmm. But in terms of cost, yeah, I mean, it, look, it's tough. I think we, we've actually done a lot of budget and, recipes. And, and, and not just the, the, the financial cost alone, because at the same time, is I don't think it's real, your responsibility for you to find cost-effective ways of people being mm. able to have a plant-based diet. Mm. There are external forces we have a government whereby like you know we spoke about the extremities of carbon footprint we could always introduce a quota whereby if you overproduce or produce a surplus of livestock yeah they either have to be preserved or you know you could hold on to like cow cattle mm. and and you know livestock or poultry and be like if you make too much or you 
you know, to continue to intensively or irresponsibly intensively farm livestock, we could in- introduce tariffs for that. But for that, yeah, like the carbon tax, which a lot of people talk about carbon tax, which I think would be great. And actually, carbon labelling on food is quite difficult right now if you go into a supermarket to actually know the greenhouse gas impact. But we can just about arrive at that number mm-hmm. in today's day and age. So there are things that we can do 100%. I think uh, from, from an actual financial cost perspective, um, the thing is, there's a lot, of, a lot of these products arriving on shelves, like Ian said, Juicy Marbles. These are super expensive. And of course, if you fill your shopping trolley full of them, you're going to rack up the bills. But like the core nuts and bolts of vegan eating, like fruits, vegetables, mm. whole grains, nuts, pulses, mm. All of that stuff is so good for you, and it's high in fiber, which, like, we in the Western diet, we haven't got enough fiber. And I, I um, think the we- the, it's just so and good the, for and you. the Western diet is a large part, I think, that's caused the collective resistance to veganism because mm. we've been taught that, like, vegetables appear as, like, a side dish or, like, you know, as just an accoutrement to what you're actually eating. Yeah. So much to the point where we haven't spent a lot of time investing on how to optimize the taste and to, you know make these entertain the palate the same way that meat does because people will see you have a roast you have the gravy you've got your potatoes like if you remove these it's just boiled it's just boiled vegetables yeah. <laughs> and we're back in medieval times whereas like i think if you're someone who observe like like the uh the desi diet or like the desi community they mm. have so many ways they can innovate with like vegetables and stuff that yeah. you can have a great meal or, like you know you could eat the right couscous with pomegranates and or bulgur and stuff and it would yeah you would even you wouldn't even need have a need for meat i guess what i think is important Sorry to overtalk it is that uh, obviously food banks and shit. There's mm-hmm. more food banks in this country than there are fast food places. That's so for really? which, which yeah. So we they, yeah. so wow. food banks have overtaken fast food in the UK. Is is that food banks including the ones that you see at the supermarket? As in like a basket where people put stuff in? Because no, that seems no, like I think, they go I know, to food even banks, worse. No, the, I think they no. I think it's the actual food like banks. A, the actual food banks where people have to go and queue for food, like because their um, income yeah. can't cover their costs. And, really? Yeah. Think really. about chicken shops. That's fast food, isn't it? Right. Yeah. And think how many of them there are. And all the Burger Kings. That's, yeah. that's a lot. So that's but you got to think like for a meal there is like five pounds. Mm. And for some people now, on a regular basis, that's not covering it when it wants to cost stuff. So mm. I guess, is there a, uh, are there plans or is there in, in, are there discussions with regards to how veganism can apply or a plant-based diet apply to people who are basically on or below the poverty line? Because I think that's the key, like I said, in terms of getting people in centre. Because I've always said, like, the culture aspect of it is that these are the same people that, like I said, 25 to 30 years ago, 40 years ago, could not have fish every mm. night. And I believe, especially like, you know, or people that are continental African community, for example, meat is a luxury. Yeah. Meat is a treat. Yeah. It's a treat. Meat's yeah. a treat. But in a way, so is strict plant-based. When yeah. you look at an ingredients list, right? If you yeah. go into that food back- bank and you're picking up something in a packet, it's going to be a bit harder to try and find those ones that don't contain animal products. Mm-hmm. So that, in a way, is also a luxury, right? Oh, no, definitely. But it's, 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 it's how, like I said, Mark, it's how I said PR is the issue because yeah. how do you take it, how do you take that away from somebody? Because mm. when Mark Spencer's advertising like a guinea fowl, that thing is dripping like, yeah. it, they make it look like it's a woman's breast mm-hmm. in a bikini. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> You know, they, they'll use phallic symbols in the right way, and like the gravy is it looks like yeah. a, any kind of secretion that you can imagine. And I was like, is there is there a ongoing discussion amongst, I guess, the vegan community and how they can engage with people who are living below the poverty line on how veganism can kind of benefit them? Because I think that can make a massive difference. 
We are uh, uh, members of the Plant-Based Food Alliance, mm-hmm. which sounds like something from like Star Wars or something. But uh, there's, there's, don't worry about that because there's, yeah. there's actually a fucking space force. Oh, there you go. <laughs> so, <laughs> so don't feel bad. That's a great yeah. name. <laughs> so, so we are, you know, we are in talks with government. We were in the House of Commons uh, a couple of weeks ago talking about carbon labelling and trying to trying to promote that. Um, and also, we are starting to do more work in schools as mm. well, like promoting plant-based eating to kids. I think that, th- as we said before, those those core fruits and veggies. If you if you know how to shop seasonally, and if you know how to buy in bulk, it is possible to eat a balanced diet on a really low budget. But that education is just not available to everybody. And I think that's a very good point. It's, it's, in terms, of, like I said, season the seasonality Seasonal, of vegetables so and growth. Because sometimes I'm like, there's no cherries. Oh yeah, it's not yeah, that season, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so important. But, but it, also, those is, products- that, is that something that could appear in academia? Because you know, yeah. Obviously, diet is probably one of the primary or most important uh, cognitive uh, functions a human being needs to have. Mm. But I didn't learn about that shit in school. That'll have to be our next book. Is there any kind of campaigning for children in terms of how children can have a rudimentary understanding of how to source and prepare fruit and vegetables and and nuts and pulses? Uh, Just food in general needs to be part of the curriculum. As Mm. you say, what, you get half an hour a week as a kid to go to home economics class where you mess about and throw flour at your mate and then like at the end of the... the, You've just got like an inedible bread and butter pudding. Mm. And really, as you say... Like it's one of the single most fundamental things a human being can do is learn how to nourish themselves and le- learn how to cook the food that they put on their plates. The uh, this country, as as an example, would be way better off. I mean, you would have a, a massive decrease in the obesity epidemic. The stresses and strains on the NHS would be like a, a lot less. Mm. Uh, you know, like you wouldn't have people just like dying of heart disease because they're eating largely fast food mm-hmm. they need to be able to cook their own food and yeah I think we definitely need better education piece for sure I think the reality of what we've you know, I've been listening to you guys uh, talk about this I think I just kind of think reality is based on changing people's expectations of their existence based on the new data we have available to explain to them that your kids and your kids kids and their kids are fucked unless we change yeah. <laughs> our behaviours. Mm. And so it's like, cool, so listen, guys, I'll just make up an example that isn't tr- factually correct, but like, hey, guys, so, like, the avocado system we live by, um, it, like, has all these massive issues that are, like, meaning that in, like, 50 years, if we keep living like this, we're all dead. It'd be like, okay, cool, so what we're going to do is we're going to stop the avocado. No more avocados. All avocados are gone. It'd be like, Oh, that's a shame, isn't it? Mm. it would be you're like, going to have to fucking change your... It would be holy guacamole. But you're going <laughs> to have to change because mm. there aren't going to be any avocado. Okay, well, you know what? My salad doesn't have avocado in it. I'll put other things on toast. Mm. Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, people can fucking deal with it. That's what we're going to have to start doing because, mm. pe- you know, ultimately, and, you know, I respect all our listeners and most humanity, but you're pussies. You just, it's the truth of it. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're weak. We're sounds, weak. Sounds, we're like weak. He, sounds like you belong in the sausage to Howard, guys. <laughs> yeah, no, but, we're but, weak. but, Howard, we're I, and weak. I, I take it on board, but I, we, saying we're weak, I, I think it, it's fine to say we're weak, but it's about what's weakening us. Because, like, it's not, because I think food and in terms of how we regard it is a, uh, is part of the problem is that you know some of this stuff has got this has got addictive stuff in it because oh, yeah. cornstarch yeah. 
you know, which is, I guess, the evil of the of the of the mm. vegetable in the vegetable kingdom because it's that fructose that is very addictive like and causes high fructose corn syrup, right? Yeah, and causes yeah, a yeah. litany of health diseases. But it's like I said, it's not the issue. And I, and I get what you're saying about mm. people being pussies, but as I said, it's like you have to think of the consciousness of people who have grown up and transgenerationally yeah. been told that, me, like, when you're you right. even play, 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 play a computer game, even when a computer game, maximum health is like a turkey. Mm. Like you, you, you see meat is an indication of health. I'm going to change and, it a little bit. I'm going to say that people opulence. people are treated like yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You know, the it's like uh, you know the, the idea that an, an analogy or or a theory that isn't prevalent against a, a mass society can't be understood by the masses. Well, it mm. can be. It's just about how they are. You know, like for example, the burger thing. I think the burger thing might be the best thing for vegans mm. to, to change the world for the best because I've gone through your all I know it's not all of yours but you've tried you know, them all I've tried I've gone through a lot of fridge based vegan meat fake products right and those burgers now I could probably get you five or six versions of it and it's really good Dane yeah. it's really good so like you know what let's find a way to shut down all of the processed burger factories mm. that, and what would happen if you took all of that out of your supermarkets like yeah. could you lower the price of all of those so what if the vegan burgers were half the price of all those maybe people would start coming over to it this is where it's like drastic action is needed yeah man and and i think that that market force will always be the deciding factor mm. so getting that cost down is key and also making sure that the cost isn't cut so much that it the first taste is bad because yeah. if the first taste is bad people won't go back yeah. but we do have this thing and people will talk about it a lot in these kind of vegan conspiracy circles mm-hmm. um, about government subsidies and subsidies for animal farmers and and we do need to see more support and I think that's a problem as well is that like it, farmers need to be moving not just, to not just make for, more plants not just, not just livestock farmers but I think the entirety of that chain of logistics yeah. where it goes from uh, the uh, <clears throat> people who are rearing farmers working in abattoirs packaging yeah transport and freight like there is an entire logistic chain like so many economies are kind of kept buoyant on the basis of this kind of stuff as well and, that, and that's that's what for me is that like i'm always trying to follow the money in terms of if it's something that's going to have a large humanitarian benefit yeah, yeah, what yeah. is stalling it if it's helping us and i guess it's because there are people who have kind of built their whole lives around this kind of thing like you know the whole fishing thing was a big part of the discussion about justifying Brexit in the first place that we get our waters back. Oh, yes. Yeah. They're, they're, they're going to be empty if we fucking carry on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So we, we at Dane Baptiste Question Everything, I think we can fundamentally say support your efforts. Uh, oh, we definitely. won't Thank subscribe you. to yeah. every bit just, of it. Just a few meals is fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. enough. We're dropping um, it down. I personally, I, I fully support it. I guess, I guess my main concern is how we can uh, disseminate the information about it being much more health, healthy and uh, cost-effective for people below the poverty line to observe a plant-based diet yep. and I guess have that ongoing research in terms of the fact that when people just think they're just not just eating gruel and like boiled vegetables there's so many ways you can innovate on it yourself with Bosch's recipes and the like just to make sure that the people that need it most can uh, take yeah. advantage um, but it's yeah. been a, a really lovely episode because we've been very focused Dane on one subject <laughs> I feel like we should have bought you some food that's the one thing I'm regretting yeah that is a bit of a disappointment we should have bought you a burger sorry or, yeah, or yeah. cake or something even no your presence is a present itself and I oh, really hope you. that uh, the uh, audience have uh, learned a lot more um, but for those who want to find out more about Bosch and your great uh, collection of products where can they find you uh, we are on all the major social media channels at, at Bosch.tv mm-hmm. and it's uh, worth pointing out to the people thinking about their uh, microwaves and washing machines and ah uh, yes it's no, there's no B-O-S-H that's it yeah, that's no C in there in case you're looking for <laughs> 
<laughs> customer support. Yeah. Um, we also do cookbooks. We've got six of them. We've just finished our seventh. You can get them in all good bookshops or Amazon. And uh, we also have a line of products in supermarkets, and they are available in every major supermarket. Well, good luck. Thank <laughs> you very much. <laughs> Thanks for having us. <laughs> yeah. You've been listening to Dane Baptiste Questions Everything, hosted by Dane Baptiste and myself, Howard Cohen. For more from Dane and myself, make sure you follow us on Instagram at DaneSnapTeast and at the Howard Cohen. You can now support us on Patreon. Just search DBQE Podcast and unlock ad-free content and you can watch the full-length video of the podcast. Please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. If you have a question for Dane, make sure you send us a DM on Instagram at DBQE Podcast and we could feature you in our next episode. Thanks for listening, guys. And remember, question everything. Insanity Group. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.